This is the business of sports. Let's talk Super Bowl and Fox Sports. Every single thing that occurs, I want people to remember this is a business. Guaranteed money isn't necessarily guaranteed. Michael Barr. How high can these valuations go? Scott Soshnank. Duke. Everybody loves rooting against them, right? Evan Novi Williams. Off the field, the NBA has never been buzzier. And the leaders in the sports industry. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred. Mike Oresco, he's the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference. Jared Smith, president of Ticketmaster. Then the race car driver, Elio Castroneves. Bloomberg Business of Sports. From Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. I'm Evan Novi Williams. And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. And guess where Scott is? Lucky Bunny. He's in Radio Row, uh, right in front on the site of Super Bowl 54 in Miami. And we have a special guest, too, Scott. Yeah, when you say we, the we is not just the three, because we have Mark Gannis of Sports Court Limited here, an advisor to professional leagues and owners. And, Mark, your unofficial title, 33rd NFL owner. I, I just like hanging out with Scott Soshnick. Well, there you go. That's a big <laughs> You're the only what? one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not the number, Evan. It's who. It's the quality, not the quantity. But speaking of quality, this thing. Yep. Look at where we're sitting. <laughs> what is this thing? What have we created, Mark? Are you guys in the back of a Nova? What are you guys? Where, where are you guys? Guys, you, you, you really have to see what they've now done with Radio Row at the Media Center. It, it has, uh, it's, it's a number of TV studios, maybe a dozen of them, and uh, you have, you have uh, players walking all around. You've got, you've got fans because some fans actually pay to be able to do this. And it is just uh, everything from Yahoo Sports in front of us to... Pro Football Talk, Fox, CBS Network, and of course, Bloomberg Radio. Because it's become such a big business. Every one of the players here, and you'll see folks with their Hall of Fame jackets, every single one of them, we call it the athlete market here, they're pitching something. Yes. And you have the attention of the world. That's right. That's what you've got. You've got the attention of the world. And they go from booth to booth to booth to station to station to station. And they get their message out. Michael Barr and I talked about this on the podcast yesterday, just the way that the NFL has created, just beyond the games themselves, so many big events and big things like the draft, like the combine, and like Radio Row, an entire week down at, at wherever city is hosting the Super Bowl, that they can kind of commercialize the entire week that way. They uh, command the attention, Mark. I mean, by the way, Eddie George baby. and Jerome Bettis just uh, took the booth right next to us. Oh, okay. Well, uh, Jerome <laughs> is walking by, and here's a great example, though, because because Jerome Bettis is walking by, and I know the people he with. They're all wearing Hertz shirts ah. because he's pitching Hertz. Yeah. I mean, I, so I always wonder how much these guys get paid. How much? This is just I have no idea. Right. But we're in Miami. Yes. What does Dan Marino rake in on a week like this? I mean, wow. isotoner gloves or not. What does Dan Marino rake in? Well, if, if they, you know, we've seen packages that uh, you know have a, have a celebrity football player as part of them to speak at a dinner, and they're going for tens of thousands of dollars each, which means the players have to be pocketing fifty, a hundred, hundred and fifty thousand just to show up at a couple of events. So it's worth it for them to do. Good work I did. If you can I, get it. I did that story a couple of years ago, and I was talking. To, I can't remember who the former player was, but he got a. It was a sick, uh, five a high five figure offer to go skydiving with a fan. When wow. the Super Bowl was in Arizona a couple of years ago, I think huh. there's some very weird requests that happen. But you're absolutely right. I think for for some retired players and even current players, you can make more money in this week just going down and doing chalk talks and doing appearances, etc., than you would if you were playing in the game and getting the bonus as it is. Guys, you should just see how much is going on down here. It's it. The Super Bowl used to always be a very big event, but it was limited to you know the weekend basically. Now, starting from Monday or Tuesday, 
there are events going on constantly and there are always press activities going on. In just a few minutes, uh, the halftime show was Shakira and J-Lo and that press Always well attended, but I think super attended this time. Super attended this time <laughs> and it's the entertainment media that shows up which asks some of the most inane questions anybody has but ever seen. But you know what, Mark? People make fun of that media day that they have at the stadium. Yep. But let's let's be reminded that it's not just the sports fan That's for right. this entertainment property. It is Access Hollywood. It is E.T. Yep. It is all of those shows because the Super Bowl in its 100 plus million viewers, how many are hardcore football fans? 20? Yeah. 25? Sure. The beauty of the Super Bowl from the business perspective is that they can lasso the casual fan. That's how if Patrick Mahomes wins this thing and becomes the MVP, yep. that's how he gets rocketed to the stratosphere of name and lights. Absolutely right. And and believe me, there are a lot of people hoping that's what happens. The uh, and, and don't forget the 200 plus countries that are going to be broadcasting the game, many of whom have media down here also covering it. Yesterday's press conference with, uh, with Commissioner Goodell, there, there were questions from uh, the U.K., from Mexico, uh, from Canada, uh, and that's just, you know, immediate questions to Goodell. Jim, Ro Jim Rooney just passed by, and his grandfather was Art Rooney, of course, right. and he's got a book. He was on the show not long ago, but he just passed by and said, I'm doing Spanish radio, and I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that's going to go, but we'll, we'll, we'll find out. We'll, we'll find out how he does. Well, Scott, I got a question for you in, in honor of Media Day. Will you marry me? Remember that question? Oh, yeah. That <laughs> yeah. was Tom Brady. Wearing, I got believe she question. was from TV Azteca. Yeah. I, I don't want to shame TV Azteca because it's <laughs> but I believe it was TV Azteca she was wearing the wedding dress and she asked Tom Brady wow will you marry yeah. me and and you know the, the NFL has also now made media day a revenue source mm -hmm. because they sell tickets fans can now go exactly but I, I do this for a living yeah and I get to talk to these guys I think sometimes we get so close to it yep and so numb to it because I, I do find myself sometimes saying, what in God's name are you doing forking over your hard-earned money to <laughs> sit? By the way, you don't get to mix and mingle with the players. You literally sit in the stands right. and watch them from a distance be interviewed. Yep. But there is an appeal because people just want to touch, feel, be close to right. the stars they see on TV. Yeah. And the NFL... Uh, you know the NFL does a great job at the Super Bowl. This is this is the event for the NFL. Uh, it's obvious that the audience is there for TV, and it's all around the game. But these few days, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, now Thursday, it's changing from the players, and now it's going to the celebrities that are here and the retired players. This is this is where they interact in ways that the fans can actually get closer. They can watch them in suits and ties rather than uh, rather than just in uniform. They've made a whole big deal of just coming off the plane now. Mark. And that's now covered as a live event when the players come off the plane. And now with the in, you know the, the the introduction on on the first night, the players are out there and they do they they do like NBA style player introductions for each player. On each team, it's become a really big. Now Mark, big we were deal. gonna, we had a whole bunch of topics to talk about, but I'm making an executive decision and saying we're scrapping it. <laughs> we're just gonna do this because Mark Gannis has also joined the three of us talking about this. I saw something where the confetti that is gonna fall after the game will now include people's tweets. Like you can tweet to the <laughs> NFL and they will pick some whatever. That but is insane. Literally printed wow. on and, and it's it's obviously part of the Twitter and NFL deal. Great. How can you amplify? What else can we do? Creativity is 
uber important these days because you're trying to siphon every bit of attention for every dollar you're spending. That's right. And it's audiences that are sometimes tough to reach, the the young audience. One of the things, the reasons why the NFL has taken such a direct route with with the uh, the, the Twitters and, and Yahoos and, and, and Snapchats Snapchat and Fortnite is because they're trying they they're, they don't do that for the money they do that to capture the youth audience so that they can they, they can funnel a large number of those fans into become fans that will stay with them for a long time the NFL could do great off of the you know for the next decade off of the existing fans but they're really focused on the next generation and that's what they use social media that's what they use all of these different uh, outlets for just to get the small groups the small demographics to come in and become NFL fans and make them feel like they're part of it. You know what I love? What's that? I'm so far out of that demographic. Bar is like in the stratosphere of the demographic. We don't even count him anymore. But even Novi Williams, young Novi Williams, I'm not so sure we can count him. What are you, 32 now, Eben? Yeah, I do not have a TikTok account. That's how old I am. That's how I know he's out. 32, come on, man. Eben, you tell me, how is the NFL keeping the kids engaged? No, I I think it's a lot of these things. I think, you know, fantasy sports has definitely helped. I think the Madden video game franchise has been kind of an evergreen. That's how Jack. And my Evergreen son knows it. He knows the players from yeah. Madden. Without question. All his buddies play it. And then another one, sports gambling. You know, that, that hits all demographics, obviously. But but just having more touch points, I think, to the league and, and the fact that the NFL is so popular also means it's the most popular league to gamble on. I think all those things help the NFL moving forward without question. Mark, I did have a, a question for you about, you know, Super Bowl specifically and then a little bit about international. How many years do you think it'll be before we see an international Super Bowl, if ever? Uh, it's not not on the on the horizon right okay. now. It's uh, you know there there are too many cities in the United States that want them, too many new stadiums, too many great places that haven't had them for a while. Like here in Miami, this is the first time in ten years, and they're trying to get one five years from now. Uh, yeah, so, they don't want to wait, right? They don't. And now we're going to get L.A. L.A. You in need two L.A. Years, and they're going to and they're going to be in it. And then and we're going to get Vegas. Yep. Wow. So they're just there, and, and you always want to go back to New Orleans. Then you always have to take care of the new stadium, like a Minnesota uh, stadium that gets built. You have to put a Super Bowl there. Do you? Do you have to? T- I, I, <laughs> yes. Yes. I you was do. in the NBA All Star Game in Toronto. I was there, and, too. and you were there. Nobody went outside. Well, we did, but we froze our tushies. Well, we, we 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 waddled quickly to the restaurant a block away. That's right. But that was about it. Yeah, and 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 it was it was not a happy experience. Right. And if I'm if I'm a sponsor, if I'm a brand partner. I want a happy experience. Yes. And I think Vegas or sunny LA or here or New Orleans, those are happy experiences. Right. And and they'll and they'll keep going there. In Texas, you know, you've got Houston, you've got Jerry's World and in Dallas. So we'll we'll get to those too. But Eben, that's that's another reason why we won't see an international Super Bowl for quite a few years. Gotcha. And and how about a franchise? I mean, so much talk about, you know, the work the league has done in, in London, obviously, played a lot of games in Mexico City as well. There was a question for Roger this week about Toronto. How realistic is there to, to be an, a franchise outside the United States in the next five years, do you think? Well, th- there's, there's, a lot of, uh, there, there's a lot of discussion about it. The NFL has done great in London. It's built a really big market there. I've been to a uh, number of those there's, games. There's, yeah. there's a school of thought that, that uh, you, you create a season ticket package uh, without a spe- one specific team, so you can sell an eight-game package there. It, they've, they've really had some difficulty dealing with how you handle the competitive balance with the travel, especially as you get to playoffs. Uh, and so that that's 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 still um, uh, that that's 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 difficult. 
Uh, you also have to have a team that wants to go. Toronto is is a market that could very well handle an NFL team. It's great for travel. None, the, the issues related to taxes and unions and things, difference between the countries has been resolved with the NBA and NHL. So th- that is a real possibility if they get their act together for a new stadium. I'm going to say if, uh, exactly, the Pagulas have been making some noise about Needing yep. a stadium in Buffalo. Right. Uh, my geography tells me Buffalo, not far from Toronto. That's right. But yeah. you got to have the facility. Got to have the facility. And, and there hasn't been that so far. So until until uh, Toronto figures out how they're going to do that with the government and, and business leadership to make that happen, that's not going to happen. Uh, that, but, but it's a great city. Mexico City. Mexico is not, not uh, likely in, in the near future. But uh, keeping games being played in Mexico. Hmm. Uh, is a priority for the league. And I, I expect we're going to continue to see that. It's a really good partnership between the government and lots of fans down in Mexico also. All right, last question, Mark, and we'll, we'll uh, toss to our the rest of the show after this, but labor deal yes. on the horizon. Yeah. There are some questions. Are they going to get it done? The, well, eventually they'll get it done. The question is, will they get it done before the new, new uh, league year starts? Will they get it done in the next six weeks? There's a lot of hope that they will. There's also a lot. There's uncertainty. You know, the 17th game issue is a big issue. I've spoken to a lot of players who uh, it used to be financial. Yep. Now it's about health and safety, and they just don't feel like the body can take more games. They don't care about the carrot being dangled, that they'll get X percentage point or an extra thing in your paycheck. They're saying, I don't want to play more football. It's hard enough as it is. You know, the, the, the thing about NFL injuries, and they've, they've tracked these now to a fairly well, including on each part of the, the anatomy of the players, and they're going to do more of that, is that you really have a lot more injuries early in the season. Later in the season, you have far fewer injuries, and that, that has to do with the players being ready to play, the training, and all of that. So if you add another game, it's basically at the end of the season, it wouldn't be another, you don't, have, you don't play, you take away two preseason games. And so there's, there's, there's a statistical analysis that would show otherwise, but look, it's not my body that is out on the line on the field there. There are a lot of benefits for a lot of the rank-and-file players that could be made available as part of a deal for a 17th game. The fans want it. The networks want it. Uh, the, the sponsors want it. I think that's it. the key. The networks want it. Very and, much. And, and the league has started discussions on those new TV deals. Right. They want as much NFL football as they can get. Absolutely. And now when you take the gambling aspect that Evan just talked about, that adds to great, you know, another week of the NFL. Think about this. People don't pay attention to the Pro Bowl very much. Yet the Pro Bowl is one of the highest how many, rated. How many million people? What, what, what would the Pro Bowl do? Seven or eight? Yeah. And, and that's, that's, a, that's, that's a an NBA that, playoff game. Exa- that's more than most NBA right. playoff games. And certainly more than World Series games in many cases, too, which is really... Why are you being hard on baseball? I love baseball. Here's why you're being so hard I love baseball. My Yankees are going to go all the way this year. I love baseball. But, but it just shows you the dominance of the National Football League when it comes to getting mass audiences. And so the hope is that they can figure out some way to deal with the, the issues, the legitimate issues that the players have about uh, the health and safety of the players and be able to work this out and, and get it done in the next six weeks. If they can... You'll get another long-term labor deal, back-to-back labor piece. The NFL will be a rocket ship uh, going into the stratosphere. And you know what? You know what's propelling that rocket ship in all sports? Mm-hmm. You gotta have stars. Yes. It gotta have stars. And yes. Brady was a star, and Manning was a star. But guess what? What? The stars faded. Guess what? On this stage, though, now. I've got Jimmy Garoppolo. Yep. And Lee Steinberg just went by. He represents Pat Patrick Mahomes. Holmes, yep. Everybody wants to see Mahomes. Yes. Everybody. And and so we were worried. 
uh, as to who the next stars are going to be once Drew Brees is gone and the Manning brothers are gone. I think I heard a guy named Eben talk about this uh, a couple of days ago on your podcast. <laughs> it's amazing this did one, Eben. Sounds familiar. <laughs> and, but, but look at you, – you've got some great players on the horizon. You've got great teams. You've got a rotation of teams. How many – teams that weren't in the playoffs last year were actually in the playoffs this year. It was a great a great story and it shows that fans they can root for their team and within two years they could go from you know the dregs to being a, a, a competitor in the playoffs. And that's one of the beauties of having the draft and how important the draft is as well. So we have great players coming in. College football keeps generating superstars for the NFL. It's, you know, they don't leave after one year like the NBA does. And, you, you know, you look at the lottery and unless you're a, you're a basketball junkie, you really don't know the players that are being selected there in the NFL. You, knew, you do know that and look what they do with the draft and how they publicize the players. It's nice to have that sort of unofficial training ground NFL doesn't have to do a darn thing, and they're they're getting their their future stars. And doesn't have to pay for it either. But nobody pays for it. Yeah. But that's a whole other show. <laughs> that's a whole other show. Mark Gannis, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Let's continue with more Super Bowl-related chat. Joining me on Radio Row is Hans Schroeder. He is the COO and EVP of Business and Media at the NFL. Radio Row, I think, is a good representation of what this whole thing has become. I've got former athletes coming back, and they're all pitching something. This is a place to do business. Yeah, look, I mean, Super Bowl, it's amazing to look back over the years, and it, it, it's gone from being the game to the weekend to now the full week and beyond. And the extension's pretty remarkable about how the NFL really sort of crescendos throughout this weekend, and this year's obviously a really special one, being the, the, the end of the 100th season. Um, but, yeah, throughout the week with our partners, for us as a business, for our teams, for our players and the, the activities they have going on, it, it's just remarkable. I mean, I was out at the network set, NFL network set and Fox set on South Beach this morning, and it's just spectacular um, all the way up to, to the stadium and up into Fort Lauderdale. The whole South Florida area is just sort of reaming when teaming with Super Bowl activity, which is great. I like the way you said network because not long ago I asked Eric Shanks, who runs Fox Sports, of course. What's foremost on your mind? And he said, Scott, if I had just signed a 20-year deal to broadcast the NFL, foremost on my mind would be renewing in year 21, <laughs> which is a great spot to be in. But can you just give me that 30,000-foot view of the NFL as must-have programming? Sure. I mean, look, it starts with the game. Um, and I know that may be a simplistic view, but... You know, we're lucky to have an incredibly, what I think is the best game in the world, um, and one that is, you know, in a model that we have, particularly with the NFL, that makes it so exciting um, year to year, where there really is an opportunity for every team every year uh, to break through. And the game itself, with especially when you look back this year, with the number of, of great, you know, uh, stars that are closer to the end of their career, but also the number of stars at the beginning of their career is More just remarkable. More importantly, you're developing new ones, Pat and Mahomes. Mahomes and Watson yeah. and Allen and Lamar Jackson and Sam Darnold. Like, you go right through the list. Um, and more than ever before, you have an incredible vintage, a Hall of Fame set of classes at the other end with Brady and Breeze and Rodgers and, and, and Roethlisberger's. But, you know, the, the stars and the activity on the field and all the metrics we look at for the health of the game uh, are just incredibly strong. But then, you know, it, it, we have a model which lends itself once a week. The games build themselves even within the week, week to week, throughout the season. 
um, and just great teams that are brands that are iconic between the Packers, the Steelers, and now the Patriots. Um, just an incredible mix uh, that really then for our fans, both in the stadium, you know, we're, we're very active and never complacent about continuing to innovate and improve the experience, but then also at home for all the different ways people can watch. And, and so for us, when you think about as the, the landscape shifts around us, we're very proud of, 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 of the fan base and the viewership and the engagement with our fans we have today. But it, 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 you always have to be changing and evolving with it. Well, because speaking of change and evolve, though, that's tech world, media world. And the question I get most often now is not only the fangs, but Apple, Google. Scott, will they be real-time players in not just NFL, but in live sports? You're better positioned to answer that than I am. Will they be real-time players? They already are. I mean, look at our partnership with Amazon already on Thursday Night Football. And we have a great partnership with Verizon for all the in-market games. But you particularly look at Thursday night, and we can get 20-plus million viewers on television on both a broadcast network and a very distributed cable network, yet still get 1.4 million average minute audience through Amazon and our other digital activity or outlets. So, what have you learned from Amazon? I mean, that's but, a, their data collection as well. But, what but are you that's learning? What, and that's what really, in, in previous to that, to we had a great partnership with Thursday on Twitter. And that was really interesting to see even how the different behavior of the different platforms plays out. And Twitter was great, had you know probably even wider reach, but shorter duration as people use Twitter in a platform where there's a lot more people coming and going, but smaller duration for phone-based platforms. But touched a lot of people you look at what you've learned on amazon and that is you know the television has become sort of the euphemism but that's television I mean, it's video viewing that the patterns the engagement the sustained viewership match every whatever everybody watches on television the duration and, and the engagement except it's younger which is great um but you know and so that as we think about that video experience and as we start to layer more just than outside the linear feed, which Amazon has started to do with X-Ray and some of our next-gen stats, I think there'll be broader viewing experience. But at the core of it, somebody wants to sit back and really enjoy an NFL game. Um, you know, we're seeing 6%, 6 7% of our viewership now on Thursday night coming from digital. That's remarkable. There really isn't any other premium content owner that's putting every game out on you know, on a free basis on phone and tablets or a package of games like we're doing on Thursday night that's free, free uh, through Prime, uh, you know, if you're a Prime subscriber, on any device. I and that's remarkable. Well, as most <laughs> of the country, it seems like. But, you know, and look, Amazon's, you know, it's a great partnership with us as they're continuing to try to really build out for their Prime subscriber base all the value you get as part of being a Prime and all the Prime video component that's part of that. The NFL is a great way. We touch America. We are America with the fan base's big as ours and so using our product in a way that can really drive adoption of amazon prime the nfl is a great legacy if you look back over time of really helping drive new platforms as they launch and so we think you know it's not only looking at the landscape and and, and trying to read engage how it's evolving it's it's looking at opportunities that we can help drive and influence at and i think the power of our product when you have 180 190 million fans here in the u.s you know, we have and are fortunate to work with great partners and actually drive change, too. And I think that's what you'll see. So going back to your, your comment about Eric and, and Shanks and the renewal, and and we're really lucky to have great partners. Marrying that to your, your, your most recent question, these emerging 
media players that were formerly just tech players, they're there. They're interested now. They're looking at the evolution of their business. They're looking at sort of the value of, you know, a, a partnership with us and how that can drive so many different parts of their business. You know, that interest exists today and we're incredibly excited. And, and you know, this next set of renewals and, and media deals, when we do them, I think I've been at the league 18 years, have been through this process, you know, four or five times. It's going to be the most exciting and interesting one for us because the interest and excitement about uh, partnering with NFL around the distribution of our games is at the highest I've ever You're left seen. Out profitable. And uh, well, <laughs> you know, look, we're lucky. The good thing is, and I think if you look at our business over time and the fact that most of our partners have been our partners for a long, long time, and when we have had a partner like CBS in the nineties, I would say, but by the way, when one bowed out, they NBC, realized how much they missed, and it. they came back. And right. and I think you know there are a lot of really smart companies and business and people out there. Um, and I don't think they'd be coming back or they wouldn't be staying in partnerships if it wasn't incredibly valuable on all sides. And, and you know, we take a very fan-centric lens. And so, you know, the reach-based aspect, which tends to uh, have itself the broadest distribution, we think is at the core of what the success of our model is. And that's worked for our fans, I would say, in a way that, that is really well as not, you know, in addition to the partners. Um, and then for us. So it's really been a great sort of triangulation of working for everybody. Um, and, you know, it's exciting to see where that could go going forward. I'm guessing you're telling the networks, the linears, I want to see your plan for digital also, and I want to see your plan for sports betting. How do, you, how do they incorporate all this in what they're proposing to the NFL? Well, you know, I don't want to delve too much into any specific conversation yet, and that would be premature, but I do think what you've seen us do with the Verizon or the Amazons that we've talked about, and I think when we think about going forward, it's not only how you're reaching that audience today that we see all the trends. I mean, time spent with, with media is, you know, digital past traditional a couple of years ago with the amount of time in a day, and a lot of that's multitasking, but we know where our fans are spending their times, and so we know we want to be in those places, we need to be in those places, our fans are looking for us in those increasingly different sets of screens. Um, are we beyond the second screen experience? Are we but, on to third and but, fourth but, but it's also, just to say that one thought, though, it's not only sort of where we're going primarily to reach that fan today, but it's about developing tomorrow's fan. And increasingly, you look at the younger fan base. And, you know, this year was exciting. We were up on a demo of 2 to 11 on television, which was great. But we know that the, the, those demos increasingly are spending time on digital screens first. So to look at the health of our business going forward, we know we want to be on these digital screens. We could have modeled. There's a different configuration of models and how we do that and where we do that. Um, and so that's going to be part of the really exciting thing, knowing the interest that's out there of how those different pieces could come together. And we continue to have that wide reach today, but also add distribution and availability across these new screens. And so, and on the second screen, like, look, I, 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 we know, I think, you know, this is probably a year or two old even. We saw 85% of our fans were, were having a second screen while they were watching the first one. So that's there. I mean, that's well there, uh, you know. What do your advertisers tell you if the focus goes to that second screen, whether it's social or statistical? What do your advertisers tell you? Well, that, that fits in with a lot of the work we've been doing on the game presentation experience. So three years ago, you know, we did a lot, and, and, and maybe the research started four years ago, but then we looked at how to change the model for our games and change the ad break structure. And we took a whole break out per quarter. We went from five breaks a quarter down to five. The research said our fans like fewer interruptions, but they don't mind if those commercials then become slightly longer. And so we're doing a lot then 
to not only make that break structure and the pace of a flow of a game optimal from an advertising perspective, but also then innovate. And so that's where you see things like the double box, where there's a game action or game camera with another ad playing within a, a, a second you know, box of the screen that you're watching. And so for us, look, we know our fans are spending their time there. The advertisers know they want to be in more places. We want to continue to innovate and make sure that the experience of watching our game is as compelling as it can be, not just for the game itself, but for the advertisers, because we know that's a huge part of our, 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 our ecosystem and huge supporters of the NFL between our sponsors and our advertisers. So we think we've done a really good job balancing that. The research we've done to say the fans continue to keep their experience on or their, 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 their eyes on the screen during commercials and otherwise. And I think the advertisers keep, you know, you look at this year's Super Bowl advertising, which Fox did a phenomenal job with. Um, and, and we ended up adding some extra inventory into the game given the strength of, of the marketplace tells you that advertising around the NFL is still an incredibly successful way for advertisers to get that broad reach for their message. So it's something we're going to continue to be focused on and evolve and innovate. But today, I think we've done a really good job threading that needle. All right, lastly for you, I get my focus group of one at home, my 10-year-old. Okay. And I can tell you it's still Madden for him. He and his buddies all over Madden. That's how they pick their favorite players, the hat they want to wear. It's, he's a Mahomes guy. And that's great. Look, that's another way to engage the NFL. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that my, uh, my nephew turns nine on Super Bowl Sunday, and he wanted Madden 20 for his birthday. And, and that's how they engage. And, look, that's a part of the evolution. It's not just about teams. It's about players. And, and, and our fans now, especially our younger fans, engage in, and develop that affinity for players maybe different than they did 30 years ago. But they're still developing that passion for the game, which is, which is great for us. So, you know, we love, we love Madden. We love our EA partnership. And, and we love that your son's another, another active player. So. I love that they have no idea why it's Madden. They don't know who John Madden is. They <laughs> yep. never saw him. All right, Hans Schroeder, COO, EVP, NFL Media and Business. Thanks so much great. for joining. Thanks, Scott. Gavin, why don't you come back in and... I got to tell you, listening to Hans, he seems very, very optimistic that uh, the next rights package for the league will uh, will do good things. Let's just say. Can you blame him? <laughs> I think if I was sitting in his position, <laughs> I'd feel uh, I'd feel about as confident as he does right now. But he was talking about incessantly, always talking about the fan. Uh, it's about the fan. It's about the current fan. It's about the new fan. Most importantly, not most, but very importantly, it's about the young fan. How do we reach them? What are they doing on that second screen? What are they doing from the linear broadcast? How can we better serve the fan? Uh, it's interesting to see the FN and the NFL being so fan-centric when you and I know that really means customer, viewer, dollar sign. Yeah, it's funny to use the words, you know, younger viewers and linear TV in the same sentence because, you know, those are two things that don't typically go together. Uh, you know, if the NFL and obviously wants to draw in younger fans, every league does. You know, I think that's where conversations that they're undoubtedly having with companies like Amazon, Apple, Google. I really think that's where the, where these conversations are going to focus on those companies. Well, I had asked him, it's funny that you mentioned that, because I did ask him, the question I get most is, when are those fangs, as well as Google and Apple, when are the fangs and the tech companies going to be real significant bidders on live sports rights? And his answer was, they already are. Yeah. He didn't consider... Amazon's Thursday night a dabbling in sports broadcasting. He said this they're there. They are there. So if that's true and if the technology allows, is the NFL going to be confident enough to give a major property on an exclusive basis 
to a streaming service. I vote no because we haven't seen any streaming uh, abilities yet on that scale. But do you think they might be tempted? No, I think you're right. I think the, the if in that sentence that you just said is, is a big one technology-wise. Um, because I think you're right. I think we've seen kind of countlessly when, when these big streams happen digitally, uh, there's very often, you know, a lag or some problems with people getting on. So, so there's two things at play here, right? One, when, one, when do these companies, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, when do they want to be big-time bidders? Already happened. Second question, when does a league like the NFL want to accept their money? And that's a bigger that's a bigger hurdle, I think. So right now you mentioned, you know, Amazon has that Thursday night streaming deal. They pay $65 million, or, uh, $65 million a year for that. I think you and I are probably both in agreement that there, there's probably going to be more carve-out for digital in whatever the NFL concocts as its next setup. But a big exclusive package... That seems like it's it's not on the cards right now. You know, don't forget that when Brian Rolap, you know, another one of the, the, the bigwigs over at the NFL from a media standpoint, when he was on the same podcast a couple months ago, more than that, maybe a year ago, you know, he said reach is the most important thing. They want to go to the biggest amount of people. And, you know, even though people are turning away from cable and, and, and ratings are going down across the board, you know, the, the bulk of people are still watching the NFL on broadcast television and it's going to continue that way through the next 10 years easy well what we had in our story earlier this week is that the ratings for the nfl show that they may be back to being the 800 pound gorilla it was maybe the 750 pound gorilla when ratings were dipping (laughs) and the president was tweeting about the nfl and it was colin kaepernick and it was concussions but the storylines have changed it's back to football it's back to hey you've got these young players in the premier showcase the super bowl it isn't tom brady anymore the name manning does not appear it's not a breeze what you've got is mahomes garoppolo the next generation that torch has passed and the numbers were very good for the nfl what is undeniable is that the networks need to have it in their lineup. Agreed. I, I think one thing that I do feel about the NFL in its current position, obviously incredibly strong, it does still feel as though you know public trust of the league is not particularly high. And I do wonder if we are you know, one big-name player taking a knee away from you know, all of the problems of two years ago coming back or, you know, God forbid, one you know, big-name retired player having issues with with head trauma or something happening on the field health-wise, you know, I, I do still kind of feel like the NFL is in this tenuous position where, you know, one thing that happens and suddenly it could find itself back in the culture wars or, or in the crosshairs of, of the scientific community. My goal is to be the number one pick. That's something I've been dreaming of since kids. It feels better to be number one than number five. I wear the number because of Mike. We have a chance to go for three in a row. Good numbers at a good time. When I first started wearing that number, I was just happy and proud. Bloomberg Business of Sports, the number of the week. Time now for the number of the week. And everybody at home, you can play along too and see what we're talking about. Now I'm going to give you a sentence, and you got to guess the number this time, folks. So here it is. It is the number of Americans who will wager on Super Bowl 54. Oof. Oh, are we talking of, like, degenerate households? Wait, hold like on. We, didn't we do this? That's a hint. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> Would somebody wake up, Barnes? So our listeners uh, already know the answer, and I already know the answer, obviously, Scott. So uh, that means on you. if you listened earlier this week, you know the answer to this. I did not listen earlier this week. You know what's uh, a shame? You gave me the number. I gave you the number. Yes, you did. Oh, 
All right. Um, then I should know. So the number, it's the number of people who will wager? Yeah, legally or illegally, yeah. including legally. box pools and office, you know, all, okay. all that. All I'll that say 200 million. No. But, oh, but. 200 million. I don't, going high. Like yeah. 80 million. <laughs> Lower. I don't know that. No, do the prices right thing. Keep going. Like, like, the, what, like that yodeling guy who falls over the cliff? No, no, no. That's cliffhangers. I'm talking about the <laughs> clock game, man. Lower. <laughs> oh, God. Playing the role of Charles Nelson Riley, Michael Barr. Uh, uh, $25 million. I don't know. Higher. Uh, $35 million. Lower. $30 million. Lower. $28 million. Lower. All it right, goes to not, eight not, decimal points, so guess, please keep guessing. No, now you just got to give me the number. And you're so close, man. $26 million. And the clock uh, ran out anyway. I think that's low. I think that's low. Uh, no, actually, that's that is uh, up three more million uh, more American adults than what it was uh, the previous year. Oh, okay. So it's well, pretty good. Good so, number, Bar. Uh, they will wager approximately six point eight billion dollars on the big game between Kansas City and the San Francisco 49ers. You got a pick for me, Bar? Uh, I'm I am going San Francisco over KC twenty four twenty one. Evan. Oh gosh, I, I'm going for the over on the uh, on the national anthem, over two and a half minutes. <laughs> oh, I, I, I like that. Uh, I would say Mahomes MVP in a in a convincing victory. I like it. I there like you go. It. You've been listening to the Bloomberg Business of Sports. We talk about all of the big issues in the world of sports. And Scott Sosnick is in the greatest place that you could be this weekend at the site of Super Bowl 54 in Miami. You can follow me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. You can follow me at Novi underscore Williams. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sosnick. Join us again next week. We are speaking with Oliver Luck, the commissioner of the XFL, and Jeff Pollock, the president of the XFL, as they head into the launch of the XFL 2020. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports around the world, wherever you get your podcast.